Hey, how you doing, Reg? No cake? No streamers? Nothing? Come on. This is episode 375. No little party? Come on. I mean, we're almost at 400 now. <laughs> I remember 300 wasn't that long ago. And now we're at 375. So 25 more. That's 25 more weeks. Ah, boy. I love doing max math. <laughs> 25 more weeks. Four weeks. That's five. Six. About six months. Six months from now, we will be at number 400 or so in six months. So we're almost in August, right? Or we are, we're, in, we're in August. So we got... September, October, November, December, January, February. February will be 400. How about that? Okay. But right now, we still got to get there. But it ends with a five. We love numbers. We love to commemorate anything with a zero or a five. So this is 375. <laughs> All right. I'll give you the, uh, the three S's and the countdown to give me the... Uh, you give me the intro, and I'll give you episode 375. What do you say? All right? Cool. Sounds good. Here we go. Star, smile, strong. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. There we are. Just as we have been since 2016. Listening, though, is not enough. You need to get out there. You need to hit those streets. Text your friends, call your friends, go to their houses, hack your friends, hack your friends' computers, whatever it takes to let them know that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your hacking is much appreciated. <laughs> you like what you hear? You go to WGNRadio.com, you go to the podcast section. You hit the prompt for this podcast, and my God, it's... Well, we're late now. It should be Christmas in July, but it's August. So it's Christmas in August. <laughs> anyway, a lot of podcasts there for you to listen to. Find out what we, where we've been so you know where we're going. Just keep scrolling down, scrolling down. Hours and hours of quality podcast entertainment. Just like this episode to be. Number 375. 375. Uh, I guess that's important. I don't know. We're 25 away from the big 400. We're what, about six months away? I remember... 300 like it was yesterday. I have to go back and look to see when 300 was. 
But I don't care. We're not, we're, you know, I don't need to look in the rearview mirror. Looking ahead. We're at 375 and counting. So around February or so, I did the math before we went on. Uh, that's why I know it so fast. <laughs> I told you I was good at, at multiplication and addition and division and subtraction. It was, it was, it was once alphabets got involved in math. That's when it started to blow my mind. When it was just numbers, I was fine. It's when they threw alphabets in math. My, my brain couldn't get around it. One is an alphabet, one is a number. We have different classes for that. Alphabet, that's English class. That's reading. Numbers is math. Why? Never show the, the twain meet. Why, why are you putting letters why does A equal anything? A should equal B and B, C, D, F, G. There's no numbers. That's when they started to get me. Once they threw the numbers into math, or the, the letters into math, what are you doing? I, you know, I, I'm very anal. I like things to be in their own little compartments. Letters are here. Numbers are there. When they, when they mixed them, whew, my mind was blown. <laughs> but here we are. Welcome to episode 375. There's no streamers. There's no no party, no cake. As I've said, I always live by the adage of Walter Payton every time he scored a touchdown, for the most part, 99% of the time, when he scored a touchdown, every so often when it was a special occasion or he, or he was, it was a, 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 an especially difficult uh, earned touchdown. He broke a lot of tackles or something. Then he would spike the ball. But for the most part, when uh, when Walter got into the end zone, he flipped the ball to the referee. And they said, why, you know, everybody else is doing big celebrations and dancing and, and you just flipped the ball. And he said, you know what, you should, you should, when you score a touchdown, you should act like it's no big deal. You've been there before and you'll be there again. I like that. That's confidence. I like that. So that's the kind of adage that I do. So it's nice to commemorate it. We like things with zeros and fives, but um, 375 to me is just a speed bump to 400. So here we go. Wow. Are we in the middle of something, huh? Do you feel it? Are you changed? Were you expecting to be overcome we're in a different world now i know that much i I know that just a week passed since we've spoken but in that week the entire culture changed and you say jim what are you talking about there's no we're we're not in a war we're funding a war but we're not in a war what what are you talking about and we still have the same president we haven't changed that What, what 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 you know what are you talking about you know how uh, time is broken up into A.D. and B.C., before Christ and after Christ? Think about that when you think about how you, people say, you know, how, how much does religion affect, you know, like, uh, you know, really affect our lives? Our calendar, our calendar, how we measure time, which in really, when you think about it, how we measure time is probably the most important thing that that man has ever created, even more than the wheel. We, 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 we somehow put a measurement to time and, and think about how much we are ruled by time, years, minutes, seconds, you know, how long we're on this earth, how long the earth has been around. I mean, all everything. 
is about time. And it's and it and our calendar, what we use, is based on the life of Christ, BC before Christ, and AD after Christ. And you say, Jim, why is it after? Why if it's A it shouldn't it be A C? Why is it B C and then A D? Well, that's a good question. B.C. seems to make sense, right? Before Christ. But A.D. is Anno Domini. Anno Domini. Which, of course, is Latin. A lot of what we... Our our roots go back to Latin. That means the year of our Lord. And that means the years after Christ was born. So, Anno Domini. But then I guess my question would be, why isn't it, you know, why is it B.C.? Why did we use English and then we used Latin? You know? Hmm. Good question. I wonder why. How the heck do, how do I find that out? I've been saying that for my whole life. So, so, have we, so is everybody. BC before current, you know, before you know, before Christ. Somebody some people say BCE apparently. Before the current era or common era. Before the Christian era. But why do we use why do we use English? We have anno domini after Christ. I mean AC is air conditioning, so maybe that's why. <laughs> There is no BC. There's AC and DC, good band. But um, maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. It's good, but, but I think it's a valid question. Why did we use Latin for after Christ? And BC, we use the, an English term, before Christ. That's, that's, that's English. Anywho, um, my point is, don't you love those little tangents? My point is that right now, we are not in Anno Domini. And I'm going to have to sneeze here, folks, and I don't have a cough button. I'm gonna th- I might have to sneeze. <laughs> I got a little tingle in my nose. Does it pass? Does it pass? Does it pass? <sighs> I think it passed. <laughs> but as I said, I, the world has changed in the last time that we spoke. And you say, Jim, how has it changed? And I brought up A, B, C, and A, D, Anno Domini. But we are in a different time right now. We've got to add a third one. And I'll give this one the English pronunciation. No Latin here. It's an old language. A-B. You say, Jim, what's A-B? I know B-C is before Christ. You just told me now that A-D stands for Anno Domini, the Latin word for the year of our Lord. What's A-B? You really don't know what A-B is? We are living in an A-B world. Everything is different now. It should be, based on all the hype I've been seeing over the last week or so. Don't you feel it? Didn't you, didn't you feel the, the earth move? Didn't you feel the, the platelets under us shift 
like the continental drift? Didn't you feel that all? It happened. It happened the weekend of July 21st. Where were you? I hope you were you know, in a basement. Didn't you get a text about go to a safe place? It happened. Last weekend, a couple weekends ago, it happened. We are living in an A-B world now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now it is 2023 A-B. Jim, what are you talking about? 2023, 2023, after Barbie. Yeah, that's the world we're living in right now. We are in an A-B world, after Barbie. Everything was one way, and now everything has changed since the Barbie movie came out. (laughs) On the weekend of July 21st, on Friday, July 21st, there's not many dates that you can always point to when when life changed, but I, it seems at least in our overhyped world that we are in an A-B world after Barbie. Wow. This long-awaited film based on the ever-popular children's toy doll that has been around for decades and decades People are, are, are rabid collectors of Barbie dolls. Uh, I would think, even though it's, it's, it's been viewed as kind of sexist over the last several years, because of Barbie's, well, her physical attributes, in a world now where you can't, where we're, you know, body shaming is um, is a no-no, and people are embracing whatever shape they are. Barbie was created in 1958, or 1959, I'm sorry, 1959, and uh, as the perfect female role model, at least physically, and as the years went on and feminism took hold, uh, you know, Barbie's, <laughs> Barbie's ample bosom and her her tiny waist was be, started to while it was well it was a an ideal for many years a barbie doll figure um in the 70s when the feminist music, um movement started barbie was viewed as a very sexist symbol of american culture that there's this impossible um you know, role model physically to to achieve if you were a woman, and they 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 did it. If Barbie was a real person, her measurements would have been abnormal. They 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 were they were so ridiculous because she she had huge breasts and no waist and small hips, and there's no women woman on earth that really had those kind of measurements. 
But at the same time, what's interesting about Barbie is even though she has gone through um, many different incarnations and and perceptions and images as our culture has changed over the last you know what 64 years even though she's been viewed by some as the ideal and some as a horrible reminder of a sexist culture most little girls have always played with barbies for whatever reason even though they you know they it, it's taken on some different uh you know societal perceptions the barbie doll has remained constant and little girls of all ages still today are playing with Barbie dolls. So here comes this movie. I mean, we've done everything up to this point. We've made movies of everything that's popular. Toys, certainly. We've had movies based on toys. Toy Story, right? Mr. Potato Head and all that were in Toy Story. Some were made up. Some were real. Um, we've had comic books, obviously, even geared at young kids like the, uh, the Ninja Turtles and things like that. And then later, uh, you know, video games, Mario Brothers and all these kind of uh, toys based, you know, on, on kids, many, many toy related movies, comic related movies. But for some reason, never a Barbie movie. Until now, in 2023. And there was a lot of controversy when the Barbie movie was announced. There was controversy about making a movie that would idolize Barbie, especially in, as I said before, a kind of female empowerment culture that we're in right now, a Me Too culture we're in right now. Where, as I said before, body shaming is is a is highly offensive, and men and women of all ages and all shapes and sizes are owning their figures, if you will, especially women. So why a you know why make a movie about Barbie, which has taken on this kind of controversial societal argument certainly over the last 30 or 40 years the same that beauty pageants have taken on those were beauty pageants right that's the name and now in this day and age first of all they're they're hardly as popular as they used to be you used to know who miss america was when that show was on it got huge ratings like the super bowl and everything else the miss america pageant is on and when the when miss america was crowned you knew about it the next day and she was on all the shows and maybe she is today but we're in such a 
an information overload world, and then the sexism uh, that a beauty pageant for many represents those mis- they've tried to change it there's been controversy swimsuits and and once again not uh you know judging women simply on their physical looks as opposed to their personalities and their intellect so things have certainly changed in the last 50 60 years but as i said before for all the change that's gone on barbie has changed a little but she still represents that That role model. The role model has changed, though. But the popularity of the Barbie doll has seemed to remain constant. If you're Mattel, the maker of the Barbie doll, you say, hey, we've got a, we've got a captive audience here. We've got six decades of of name recognition in this product. Hollywood in today's world is looking for anything with a previous or built-in popularity. All you see today are sequels and reboots. There's very few original ideas. That's why our pop culture, sadly, is, is in decline. Our pop culture today is all about rehashing. There, our, our pop culture is, 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 is become stagnant in many ways. If you see what's driving our pop culture, musically, film, theater, it's all reboots, or sequels, or rehashes on something that's done. Music, sampling, taking songs from the past, changing the lyrics, changing the beat, but a lot of hip-hop is based on sampling. Taking existing music, updating it, changing it a little, and introducing it to a new audience. No need for for any create original creativity take from the past and make it the present and make it the future films it's all sequels what's the biggest movie right now aside from barbie <laughs> what was it before barbie or barbenheimer and i'll talk about oppenheimer as well that same weekend but uh mission impossible right tom cruise there's two blasts from the past. Tom Cruise became popular 40 years ago in risky business, and he's still around 40 years ago. Number one box office draws has been around for 40 years. In what? Mission Impossible, a show that was on 50 years ago. Number one movie. What was the biggest movie before that? Tom Cruise again, still from 40 years ago, in a sequel to Maverick, or in a sequel to Top Gun, Maverick, in the 80s, 40-year-old movie, theater, 
Very few original shows. If you go to Broadway now, it's all about revivals and jukebox musicals about music, uh, music or music uh, performers of the past. Neil Diamond been around since the '60s. You know, Beautiful Noise. That's on there. Reboots of movies become musicals. That's Broadway now. You're not seeing any Iceman Cometh. You're not seeing any Death of a Salesman. You're not seeing any great original plays written for Broadway anymore. Dramas or comedies. You're not seeing any Neil Simon plays that dominated Broadway. You're not seeing major playwrights like that. Well, maybe there's a few. Tom Stoppard. Tony Kushner. There's a few, but very few. Most of the plays on Broadway today are based on something else. They're charging three or $400 a ticket. And they're charging that because they feel like they are tapping into the zeitgeist of nostalgia. And there's a built-in audience who will want to see this popular film on the stage, this popular performer of the past on the stage. So our pop culture today, sadly, used to be driven by originality. All those plays I just mentioned were original plays. Movies. They used to be original things, like The Godfather. And Martin Scorsese films, like Mean Streets and from the 70s and things like that. Those days are gone. Even Jaws was original for its time. That sort of started the whole blockbuster mentality in Hollywood. But we're driven now, sadly, by the past. So our pop culture has been stagnated. Because nobody today is really creating something truly original. I would say in the last 20 years, the last truly original thing that has been created and that has been a major pop culture phenomenon is Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling. The books, then the films... And now it's even been on the stage. But that's it. But if you go back 40 or 50 years, you could rattle off creative people by the dozens, if not more, who were original creators who helped build our pop culture. But now, sadly, all we're doing is looking back. So there was some controversy. It wasn't surprising. I mean, once again, why Why not? Barbie is one of the most recognizable pop culture icons 
in the world, not just in America, in the world, certainly in America as well, but but internationally. So I don't, I don't, I, I in today's in today's mindset, making a Barbie movie made all the sense in the world. Studio said, "Hey, this is a a, a a known iconic brand name with a sixty year history." Anybody in their 60s and younger has played with a Barbie and maybe even a little older. So we've got this captive audience of women. And you know what? Let's be honest. Some men... Right, I know. I've 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 seen stories, and you hear interviews with, with gay guys, and and they're talking about, hey, I used to sneak in and play with my sister's Barbie dolls. When you saw the lines for the Barbie movie, it wasn't just women in the lines. There was young, there were young men there, and they were wearing their pink Barbie clothes. That that movie is just overblown with pink, uh, because that's the Barbie color. Not being sexist here at all, just being honest, being realistic. So you had a, a huge, huge woman, women audience to see Barbie and even a sizable male group who may have played with Barbies. They didn't tell anybody when they did, but they're fans of Barbie. They were out in full force. Movie doesn't make a hundred over a hundred million dollars unless there's a big audience for it. Especially on a weekend. Movies hadn't made a hundred million dollars in three years since the pandemic. A B after Barbie. Barbie has changed. The movie business in one weekend. There is new hope and optimism right now, excitement for it. People were drawn to go to the movies during the pandemic. When all the theaters were closed, people got used to staying home and watching films. It became a part of their new behavior, and the theaters have been have been struggling since 2020, to get people back in big numbers. That's why last year, as I said before, Tom Cruise, before Barbie, BB, before there was a BB time, and now there's an AB time. We're in AB now, but there was a BB time before Barbie. In 2023 BB, just a few weeks ago, Tom Cruise was viewed as the savior of, for the for the theater and movie business because last summer Maverick brought people back to the theaters in huge numbers not in the numbers that people were going before the pandemic but certainly huge numbers comparatively in the last year and a half when more people have been getting out and the pandemic has slowed down in many cases, ended. But people's behaviors of not going to the theater 
We're ingrained. It doesn't take us long to adapt to a new behavior. And three years, (laughs) that's a behavior. That's a new behavior. And so the the studios, the Hollywood studios have been trying so hard to figure out what is going to get people back in those BB years before Barbie. In those pre-pandemic years when $100 million movies, especially in the summer, every week were commonplace. Movies would open up at $90, $100 million. They'd fall off the next week because there's another one there. The movie business used to make three, four, five billion dollars worldwide. It's been a tough go since the pandemic. Tom Cruise's Maverick last summer brought people back. That was a movie that, with the special effects, with the cockpit shots, everything, people wanted to experience that on a big screen. So they went to see it. Nostalgia from the 80s, well known. Big hit in the 80s, big hit in 2022. And before Barbie, BB, just a week before Barbie, was Tom Cruise again with Mission Impossible. Wasn't the huge hit like Barbie was, but around the world, it was making a lot of money, as well as in the United States. But then Barbie came. And as I said, there was a lot of controversy. Feminists were, why would you make this film about, as I said before, this this anti-woman in many cases. That's the way the feminists look at Barbie. Why should you, in this Me Too female, female empowerment world, why would you elevate this role model of female physical perfection but as i said there was always it was kind of a mixed bag as much as some militant feminists were really against barbie and some women kind of nodded along they still had those warm fuzzy childhood nostalgic feelings for barbie because they played with barbie dolls so they, they wanted to support their sisters in the fight. But you know what? Girls liked playing with Barbies. It was a huge part of their of their their childhood. Playing with their friends, playing with themselves, playing with their Barbie dolls, getting the the Barbie mobile and the Barbie, you know, fun house and the hot tub and all the other things. The, the 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 Corvette or the you know the whatever car she had I'm not really sure I didn't I didn't have a Barbie doll <laughs> but my point is a lot of women were kind of torn they 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 understood the the Barbie backlash but at the same time they also had warm memories cherished memories of playing with their Barbie dolls. And Barbie is still one of the biggest collectibles out there. There are some people that have houses filled with Barbie dolls. So I could see why Hollywood would be attracted, especially in today's world, 
with making a Barbie movie. It, it, it checks all the boxes. Well-known name, big fan base, immediate name recognition. All the things that in today's Hollywood get a project green-lighted, if you will. Get, give it the big okay. Go make it. I'm gonna. I, no one's mentioned it yet, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb right here and say it. Don't be surprised if you see a Barbie musical. This Barbie thing will is is going to change our pop culture for at least a while. So strap in. We are in an A B world. You say, Jim. It's only been a couple. I'm telling you. I've been a pop culture junkie for my whole life. And I've seen every trend and every fad in the last 45 or 50 years. And I'm telling you, this one, especially in today's world with social media and, and the female empowerment and the, the, the smart perspective. While a lot of people were complaining about this idea of a Barbie movie, don't elevate, don't, don't give praise to this, this sexist uh, you know, role model that women, you know, that, 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 that comes to represent women in just a physical, uh, way and, and an impossible to achieve physical way. There was a lot of that. And then there was a lot of controversy on the casting. Ryan Gosling was, Going to be Ken. Whoa. What? We can't have him. You know, in today's world, every every announcement is filled with, um, with, with opinion in today's world. So as soon as, uh, as the movie was announced... With Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling. Oh, well, wait a minute. You can't have him. He's wrong with this. He's wrong for that. But now the movie came out, you know, made a hundred and whatever million his first weekend. Nobody said a word about Ryan Gosling except that, wow, he had good abs. <laughs> Nobody had a problem with him. For a year while they were making this film, there was all this controversy. Ryan Gosling should not be Ken. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Then the movie came out, and we love everything about it. But as I said, they were very smart. Warner Brothers, who made the film, was very smart. And Mattel was very smart. They realized that they had this pop culture entity. And so how do we present it in a way that in 2023... it will have some major impact. I mean, already, the Barbie movie has, has made more than $200 million. I mean, 
the first weekend it was over a hundred and, and uh, hundred million, but it's already and 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 much more than that. But it's already now at over two hundred million. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> but they were smart. They were smart. Because what they did was they played to all the nostalgic aspects of Barbie. The color, the, the, the hot pink color, the perfect Barbie land, all the different accoutrements, all the accessories, the car, the convertibles, all the all the Barbie stuff, all those touchstones that Barbie fans would love. Nostalgic. You know it's Barbie. Margot Robbie, beautiful woman. Doesn't really have the, the Barbie figure. She's got a, a very nice figure, but she doesn't have a crazy out-of-proportion figure. There's no question she's a beautiful woman. And a good actress. So nobody had a problem with Margot Robbie initially. But as I said, they had a problem with Ryan Gosling until the movie came out and then nobody even noticed. But they were very smart because they played upon all those cool Barbie things. But then... In a 2023 world, what they did was update the image. They got a hip feminist director named Greta Gerwig, who has made some very edgy and uh, respected TV and films. So, right off the bat, it's like, hmm, this might actually be pretty good. They've got Greta Gerwig. I mean, she's not going to make some tawdry, sexist, misogynistic movie. She's girl power. So that was smart. First of all, they didn't give it they didn't give it to a man, which would have been disastrous, but they gave it to a respected woman director and writer. You know, Lady Bird was her big film about 5-6 years ago. Uh but they trusted her and good for them, you know. There's a lot of things when you and 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 it may have been a risk because it's not like she's box office proven. She's never made a two hundred million dollar movie before. She's never made this kind of a big budget film, but she had the right perspective for this project. Very similar to another hugely popular creative project about 20 more than 25 years ago now when the lion king went to broadway 
They were taking the, the, the animated film and going to bring it to the stage. And they chose a edgy, relatively unknown puppeteer named Julie Taymor. And people were like, who's Julie Taymor? And what is she? She does a lot of experimental and underground things. She's never, she's never helmed a, a major Disney-backed musical project like The Lion King was the, 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 the biggest grossing animated film in history. You're going to give it to her? But the executives at Disney trusted her vision they took a huge risk and she created something completely original that is now the biggest grossing stage music stage show in history billions of dollars it was very risky but disney decided to take the risk and that's what that's what the producers did with Barbie. They took a risk with Greta Gerwig. And boy, did it come out to be <laughs> a good decision. Unbelievable. It's going to change what we see for the next several years. Just be ready for it. I'm telling you. Don't be surprised if you see a Barbie musical. Remember, you heard it here first. But you are going to see now, because Hollywood doesn't let this stuff go by. When, it, when, it, when Hollywood, when, when something. The irony is that Hollywood likes sure bets. But their sure bets are usually based on risky bets that came that 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 turned out and then they want one of those. They wouldn't have taken the risk. They let someone else take the risk, but then when it's proven to be good, then they then they copy it. How many times do you hear about a movie that was turned down by every studio? And then one said yes. And then all those other studios went and copied it after it hit. They had a chance to make the original. They didn't want to take the risk. That's a saying before about originality. But you are going to see the AB world, the after Barbie world. So you say, well, what, what is that going to look like, Jim? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, it's going to look very pink. <laughs> And I say that almost half jokingly. You're going to see movies in the in, in the in the near future now. I mean, we're, you know, it's going to be a while now because there's an actor strike and things like that. So new movies, this may be delayed a little. Our A B world may be a little delayed now because of the actor strike. But but believe me, when you see a movie in a post pandemic world now, making two hundred million dollars. And counting, the movie theaters and the movie studios want to replicate that. So you're going to see films, first of all, visually, aesthetically, 
I think you're going to see movies with a lot more primary colors, like Barbie. Now, yes, the pinks and all that played into the character, but it's, uh, now it's proven that people like it. Even though it's identified with that character, people are going to say, I, you know, people like color. People want big black, big blaring color, just like Barbie. You're going to hear just like Barbie. Now, the interesting thing is going to be, you're going to also, I mean, I don't know. I asked my wife about this, and we were trying to come up with some ideas. Is there, is there, a, is there another childhood female toy, doll, game, anything that is similar to having that kind of a, of a draw and a nostalgic memory like Barbie? I don't know. Barbie is very unique in that way. But they're going to try. So you're going to see toy or game female-oriented movies coming out in the next two or three years. As I said, I don't know when this, uh, this actor strike is going to end. But when, when they go back to work, you can guarantee when the writers go back and the and the actors go back, there's going to be a lot of movies based on childhood toys, specifically girls' toys or girls' games. I don't think I don't know if Raggedy Ann has the same kind of, but, but trust me, I know they've had a little pony thing. I don't know if they could do something live action. I don't know, but. You know, strawberry shortcake, you know, cabbage patch. I don't know. But they're going to dig. They're going to go through the files. And some of, and most of these films are probably going to fail. But they're going to try to catch that lightning in the bottle again. That's the way Hollywood works, especially in today's depressed area when people are not going out to the films. When that movie draws that many people, the theaters will demand it. Give me another Barbie. And the studios will demand it from producers and directors and writers. Give me another Barbie. I can't tell you what the other Barbie's going to be, but I tell you it's going to be similar to that. You're also going to see, because it worked so well, whether it was stroke of luck, whether it was calculated, I don't know. I think you're going to see in the near future, there used to be, especially in the big movie times, like seasons, summer, Christmas, everybody would battle for that weekend. And there were these big blockbusters, and they'd say, well, okay, you know, we're going to have you know Star Wars movie here. So everybody said, whoa, well... We're not going to compete with Star Wars. So we're going to be we're going to back off. We're going to do ours 2 weeks later or something like that. And when these big blockbusters came out, they dominated the week's releases. There was one big movie that everybody expected. And the other ones kind of realized, okay, that one's going to make some money, so we'll wait 2 weeks and we'll come out with our big blockbuster. We don't want to compete. Because we don't want to have that competition. We know that one's going to make 
100 million, 150, 200 million. And we're going to, and if ours doesn't do as well, we're going to waste all our money because every money to every movie today costs a couple of, a couple hundred million dollars to make big blockbusters. So they want to get maximum awareness and maximum attendance on that weekend. So the prevailing theory for years, for decades, was always okay, well, that's Star Wars weekend and that's Indiana Jones weekend. Well, that philosophy was blown out of the water once again on this weekend of July 21st after Barbie. Whole new philosophy, guaranteed. What happened? I don't know if this was a calculated thing, if it was done in collaboration, if it was created on social media. I don't know how it came about. But over the last couple of weeks before the movie, Barbie came out, we started hearing about this other big film by Christopher Nolan, who makes serious and and thought-provoking art films, big, but still artsy, Memento, the Dark Knight series, Inception, Dunkirk. Tenant, these very thought-provoking, big, heavy, conceptualized films. And his latest one is about Oppenheimer, Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb. So here we are in the midst of a war. We're worried about a nuclear war with Russia or with China. And so he decides to make a movie on the making of the atomic bomb in the 50s or in the 40s. That was eventually two of them dropped on on Japan at the end of World War II. Now, you can't get as farther away in terms of audience and topic and everything else than Barbie and Oppenheimer. But whether this was coordinated or not, whether it was a a stroke of luck or a stroke of genius, maybe it was based on the fact that we're living in this post-pandemic movie world where no one knows what, what can draw people back. But for whatever reason, rather than the, the studios saying, well... I'm not going to compete with Oppenheimer on that week or Christopher Nolan, or I'm not going to compete with Barbie, Margot Robbie and Barbie. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll hold Oppenheimer a couple of weeks later. For whatever reason, they decided to open those two films on the same weekend. And somebody, whether it was online, whether it was social media, whether it was someone in the marketing departments for one of the films or both of the films, I don't know. But they came up with this mashup that we've been we've been we've been, you know, doing ever since J Lo. Or, you know, Brangelina. You know? <laughs> we love a mashup of either some person's name or a couple. We love that. And somebody came up with Barbenheimer. 
meaning the weekend that Barbie and Oppenheimer were going to be released. Two completely different films that will be appealing to two different audiences rather than being afraid of each other. They decided, you know what, there's two distinct audiences. We'll, you know, People that are going to see Oppenheimer probably aren't going to see Barbie and vice versa. So you know what? We're not going to be cannibalizing each other. The Barbie fans will see Barbie over that weekend, and the Oppenheimer fans will see Oppenheimer this weekend. Apparently, two great, you know, know, good buzz. Christopher Nolan film, Greta Gerwig, respected filmmaker with Barbie. A lot of anticipation. Every girl in America pretty much play with a Barbie doll. Can't beat the built-in audience. And so July 21st weekend became the weekend of Barbenheimer. And it came to fruition. Barbie made more money than Oppenheimer. You would expect it. Oppenheimer's a three-hour you know, historical epic about an atomic bomb. Not the biggest feel-good movie of the, in the world, right? <laughs> Opposed to Barbie, summer fluff, summer flash, summer fun movie, a lot of hype, a lot of pink, a lot of built-in fans, women haven't been to the movie in a long time, they can go with their friends, this is, it was made, but two different audiences but it showed that people will go to the movies if there is something compelling in there and there's no question that the barbenheimer hype that built over the last two or three weeks before the movies were released played a role it was almost you had to are you going to see barbie you got to see barbie are you going to see barbie this weekend are you going to see oppenheimer which one are you going to see first it wasn't even a question of are you going to see it the question now was, which one are you going to see first? Are you, which are you going to see? You know, are you going to see Barbie on Friday, or are you going to see uh, you know Oppenheimer on Saturday? Which one are you going to go see first? And people came out in droves. Barbie made over a hundred million the weekend. Oppenheimer came close to it with eighty or ninety million, and now they're both Barbie over two hundred million, Oppenheimer over a hundred million in the United States. And, and more around the world. So I think you're going to start to see, first of all, more bundles. We love bundles, right? How do you get your internet and your telephone? Bundle. That's a big word. It's been a bundle you know, for the last 25 years since the internet. Bundle, bundle, bundle. Well, for the first time, Hollywood, in an effort to get people back to the movies any way they can, instead of saying... I don't want competition or I'm afraid of it. They're saying, you know what? We have to, we've got to get together and do this together. We've been adversaries for too long. We're all in this together. It was all about the competition. And now I think because the, the industry has suffered so much, they're looking to do anything with each other just to get the business back. And so you had Barbenheimer. And I guarantee you, you're not going to see as many of those one movie a weekend draws anymore. You're going to start hearing more mashups. You're going to be hearing about bundles. 
Is it going to work? I don't know. This, I think, the Barbie Oppenheimer thing was a phenomenon. You had two, you had, you had this escapist, um, you know, entertainment in a, in a time when we've got, the world is in a weird funk right now with high inflation and we've got a war in Ukraine and every, and we've got this divisiveness in our country with politics and we've got, uh, you know, uh, the president in the White House, you got an election coming up. Nobody knows what the heck's going on anymore. And here's Barbie that a good portion of our population could all agree on. Even though Barbie has been somewhat of a divisive character, it was there was enough goodwill with Barbie with the with the warm and fuzzies that women got excited to go see this movie. And they came out in droves. And anybody did, not just but a majority of women, I would think. But it was it was pure escapist entertainment for a very odd time. Much like Jaws. Jaws came out in 1975. Terrible time. Vietnam War was ending. Watergate. High inflation. We had a president resign for the first time a year before. We didn't know what was going on. And then here's this movie about a shark. And we could just all... Our, the, 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 uh, the shared experience of fear we all could agree on. And Barbie became that. And Oppenheimer, as I said, you had these two movies. You had another movie that was very uh, serious and thought-provoking. And that's why I think it worked, because you had two polar opposite films available on the same weekend that came with big pedigrees, great casts, Christopher Nolan's name and an intriguing plot. It was a draw. In another time, when the studios and the theaters didn't know what to do to get people to come, most likely Barbie would have had a weekend to herself and Oppenheimer would have had a weekend to himself. But in today's kind of dynamic and paradigm of nobody's coming to the movies, what do we do? They... It was a perfect storm. You had fun, escapist entertainment, and you had an adult, compelling historical epic. Both well-made, both tailored to their audiences, and the audiences came. Can you replicate that? I doubt it. Will they try? Definitely. (laughs) So you are going to start to see mashups. The studios now... If this if this Barbenheimer was an accident, if somebody online and social media or something thought up uh, thought of it in their basement and posted it somewhere by accident, by a stroke of creative genius, now when the studios get back to making movies, there's always that caveat in the marketing plan. There will be, how do we get a mashup? What's our mashup? 
when the schedules are being made for when films are going to be put out, there is now going to be a concerted effort to have a fun, light, escapist movie. And if they and, and they who knows, this may this may even start to get more of those made because very few have been made in the last 20 years with all these comic book movies. So that's another outgrowth. Oppenheimer may have legitimized adult films for the first time in 25 years. I don't mean X-rated films. I mean adult-oriented dramas with some substance that, not, that are not based on comic books all the time. So I think you're going to start to see that. You might start to see more adult-oriented dramas again. Maybe more historical things because people today don't know anything about history. But Barbie and Oppenheimer were perfect because they were so diametrically opposed. But whether you can find that magic again, I don't know. But believe me, that's what our pop culture is going to be doing with in the next several years. It may fade out because it, 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 I doubt if it's going to, you, you're going to be able to replicate that, but they will try. This formula is too tempting to not try to replicate. Hollywood loves to copy. People have not come to the theater in these numbers in three years. So they are going to copy this formula now. They didn't know it was a formula, but now it's a formula. I just told you the formula. So expect to see that. You're going to hear more mashup bundle films. You're going to see, I mean, once again, you could actually take a look at it and say, well, why, did Bar- why was Barbie such a big hit? It's almost like Barbie mania was like Beatle mania. Almost... 60 years later. People believe that the Beatles, aside from being a very talented band, there's also an aspect of to why the Beatles became so big so fast to so many, especially in the United States. And the feeling is that when they came to the United States in February of 1964, the country was still in a funk from the assassination of John F. Kennedy in November of 63. Just a few months before that, the country was still in a funk from the, the, the horror and the shock of Kennedy getting killed, of having a new president, Lyndon Johnson, And then there was something, there was such an uncertainty, and just like we are in today. And then out of nowhere came these fresh-faced mop tops from Liverpool singing music. And everybody just rallied around it as a release, as an escape, as a distraction, as a diversion. And the rest was history. And you could look at it, you could look at Barbie the same way. We're in a divisive, uncertain world right now with high inflation, wars. It's a, it's a difficult time. We're in a funk. 
And here was a unifying movie that people were seeking an escapism, fun, frivolous, but they could rally around it and find some common ground and escape from the uncertainty and touch tone those happy days of playing with Barbie and think of when their lives was a lot more easier and a lot more fun than they are today. And that's what the Beatles did in 64, right after the, the, the Kennedy assassination. And yes, as crazy as it sounds, that's what this Barbie movie has done, at least for the time being. As I said, I don't know how long this can last, especially now with this writer's strike and whatever's in you know the, the pipeline. But you can bet me that right now in every studio, when they're talking about projects, Barbie, 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 or Barbenheimer is being talked about, strategized. How do we replicate that success? I don't think anyone expected Barbie to become such a phenomenon, but I think, as I said before, those societal realities played into it. If this Barbie movie came out two years ago or two years from now, same movie, I, I, I doubt if it would have had the same impact. But we are right now in such a funky time it was the right time for this kind of a movie. We are in Barbie land right now, and we will be for a while, so get used to it. We are in 2023 AB, after Barbie. So... What's next? I don't know. I don't know what it will be, but I guarantee you it's going to feel like Barbie. We're in a Barbie world. It's Barbie's world, and we just live in it. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. Hope you've enjoyed episode number 375. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen.